Extra time, Immaculate Grid, Grid 146. Saturday, the 26th of August. This is the bonus show for the big show, Generations, talking about my sports generations. And a great show dropped earlier today, so those drop on Saturday at noon. And so today we talk instant replay. And of course, we look at how it impacted how we watch the game across generations, how we view it, how we consume it. And, you know, how we enjoy the game relative to instant replay. And we start back in 1963 when the advent of instant replay started. So it's a great show. Take a listen to that. And then, of course, this is the extra time. This is the Immaculate Grid show. This drops every evening at 9 p.m. And all these times are Pacific. And this is on Immaculate Grid Baseball Grid 146. I have a ton of notes for you today. So we need to just jump right in because we've just got so many. So let's just go. This is one of my favorite days because we have four sets of achievements. And so it's again, who do you really want to talk about? How do you want to look at the grid and use people in a sense where you know you don't want to use somebody up and then exhaust your knowledge somewhere else because you use somebody that you might need in a different box. So always fun, more about being strategic on how you use these players versus actually, you know, just answering it straight away. But it was a fun grid today, but let's go. Columns left to right, we have Toronto Blue Jays. Then in the middle, we have 200 plus hits in a season. And then in the far right-hand column, we have Rookie of the Year. Then for the rows, we have 40-plus home runs in a season. We have the St. Louis Cardinals in the middle. And at the bottom, we have All-Star. Now, we've mentioned this before. We are playing hard mode. So as an example, we typically start in that top right-hand corner. So we're going to do that again now. But... When we say rookie of the year and 40 plus home runs at the advent of the game, I believe this is true. You had to pick a player that both won rookie of the year and had hit 40 or more home runs. Now, when you look at two different achievements, the achievements can come in different seasons. Whereas if you have an achievement and a team, the player has to have achieved that achievement on the team. So when you look at Rookie of the Year and 40-plus home runs, there's several players. There's actually 26 total that qualify for this square, but we're playing hard mode here. So hard mode means, okay, Rookie of the Year, but they had to do 40-plus in a season as a rookie. So we went Mark McGuire with 20% here. And, of course, he did it. He hit 49 in 1987. But there's only three possible answers. You had Aaron Judge broke McGuire's record with 52 in 2017, and then Pete Alonzo with the Mets would break that record and hit 53 in 2019. And that's it. End of list. So hard mode, you know, you were kind of plugged in here with just three possible answers. So since we're in the far right-hand column and we typically go, that is the only career achievement but let's just keep going down that column so we are in the far right column middle row st louis cardinals and rookie of the year 
So we went Todd Worrell, 4%. And we've talked about this before. Rookie of the Year, 1986. He beats out Robbie Thompson, Giants, second baseman. He comes in second. But Todd Worrell was prominently featured in that 85 World Series, but did not exceed, quote-unquote, rookie limits in 85. Therefore, he was eligible for that 86 Rookie of the Year. So we're still a little chapped about that. We think that our guy, Robbie Thompson, should have won Rookie of the Year. But there's only six Cardinals that fit the bill. You have Wally Moon in 1954. You have Bill Verdon in 1955. Big McBride, possibly one of the best baseball names in history. Top 10 for sure, 1974. Vince Coleman did it in 85, and then, of course, Warrell in 86. And then most recently, you had Poop Holes in 2001. So this is where that bottom right-hand square, we have 51 notes for you. So we're going to tackle that bottom right-hand square that's Rookie of the Year and All-Star. Because in hard mode, there are 51 players that fit in this category. So a player that won Rookie of the Year and was an All-Star the same season. However, comma, if you look at the game, there's over 120 some odd or 130 total players that were Rookie of the Year and eventually became an All-Star in total. So we're going to go through each of the ones that won Rookie of the Year and were an All-Star in that same season. So we're going to we're going to hold that one for last because we got a lot of notes on that. So let's go to the top left hand square. So that is the far left column of Blue Jays and top row of 40 plus home run seasons. And this is Toronto and 40 plus home runs. Now you have 11 options here. We went with George Bell with 6% because we're always going to go hit those 80s players because that's that's our sweet spot of watching baseball, listening to baseball, following baseball. He did that, of course, in 1987. We also could have gone Jesse Barfield here, who did 40 in 1986. And then again, to reiterate, for many years, the consensus around baseball was that Toronto in those late 80s had the best outfield going. They had George Bell and left. They had Lloyd Mosby in center, and you had Jesse Barfield in right. Bell would pretty much stay a Blue Jay the majority of his career and then have a last, I think, one or two rando seasons with the White Sox. Mosby would move on and do a few seasons in Detroit before retiring, and then Barfield would move on to the Yankees before retiring. But other options here were Vlad Jr. did 48 in 2021, along with Marcus Simeon, who did 45 that same year. You had Edwin Encarnacion. And again, I always get the Encarnacions uh, confused and mixed up. But he hit 42 twice. He hit once in 2012 and another in 2016. Then you have Jose Bautista. He did it three times. He had 40 in 15. He had 43 in 11. And then the single season high for the Blue Jays is 54, and he did that in 2010. Josh Donaldson threw in 41 in 15. Now, here's a guy that we kind of featured a little bit the other day. And as we have 
been mentioning, we are changing how we are doing the descriptions for this particular show. We used to put the players and the people that we talk about and the topics we talk about were embedded in the description, but you could not see it unless you pressed more. So we have moved that to the top so that you can see that in the beginning part of the description and then the rest of the boilerplate stuff, you can click on more and see it. So apologies over the last week or so we have changed it. So it's easier for you to find the teams than the players that we kind of feature. And we did so with Delgado and Delgado along with Lofton and Lou Whitaker, you know, should Delgado be in the hall? Should he be hall? Hall of Fame, uh, you know, looked at again, and we we think that's that might be quite the case, along with Albert Bell. So Albert Bell, Delgado, Kenny Lofton, and Lou Whitaker. But um, yeah, look for that description, and you'll see that, and you'll know what players that we feature in that particular show. Delgado did it three times. He did 42 in 03, 41 in 2000, and 44 in 1999. Now, the other, not Bautista, but Batista, Tony Batista hit 41 in 2000. Sean Green had 42 in 99. And then Jose Canseco, Mr. We always call him Cantrell, 46 in 98. So those are your Toronto Blue Jays with 40 plus home runs. Now, 200 plus hits in a season and 40 plus home runs in a season. We did not go through the hard mode list and, and detail those out because we spent way too much time on that bottom right hand square. But uh, we went with Hank Aaron, who absolutely did both in the same season, and we got him in at 16%. So moving on to the left hand column and the middle row, we have the St. Louis Cardinals and Toronto Blue Jays. We went Mr. Tom Hinkie. He was a longtime Blue Jay closer, and he would, of course, uh, finish his career as a Cardinal. Now, when we go to the middle square, we have 200 plus hits and Cardinals. And we're just going to give you the Cardinals that did it in my lifetime. There are 21 total, many of which, 17 of which were not even during my lifetime. But uh, we went Willie McGee here with 10 and Willie McGee absolutely did it. He had 216 hits in 1985. But the Cardinals to do it in my lifetime. Pujols had 212 in 2003. McGee again, 216 in 85. Then you had Keith Hernandez. And, you know, hey, I'm going to, ah, yeah, I'm Keith Hernandez. You know, that that episode of Seinfeld is or the couple of episodes that he's on in Seinfeld are great. Keith Hernandez, 2,210 in 1979. That's when he won co-MVP with Stargell. We talk about the 1975 and 79 season featuring Dave Parker. And then we also have an episode where we talk about that 79 MVP. And, uh, you know, where who should have won? You know, maybe Keith Hernandez on his own. Stargell, you know, obviously was the heart pick that season, but the number of games that he played that year were significantly fewer than everybody else. And Dave Parker, possibly from 75 to 79, might have been the best player in baseball. And if he wasn't, 
he's definitely top five right up there with Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan possibly was the best player during that tier, you know, during that time. And then the underrated pick might have been Mike Schmidt. So go listen to that episode. That was recent, so you can find that. We feature Dave Parker and we go through that 75 to 79 seasons. And then Gary Templeton did it twice. Gary Templeton would be traded by the Cardinals to the Padres for Ozzie Smith. Templeton had 211 hits in 79 and 200 hits in 77. We also talked about that 84 World Series when we were talking about Kurt Gibson, that partially what set that up was that Templeton was not on the bag when the Tigers were trying to bunt, a bunt, I think it was Whitaker, over to second base. And uh, what ended up happening was uh, Greg Nettles throws the ball to second. The ball gets bunted right to him, and he throws it and would have had the runner out at second, but Templeton was not on the bag. So they, it was scored as a fielder's choice. You had runners on first and third, and then uh, Gibson comes up and hits his second home run of the game off of Goose Gossage, and that's all she wrote. The Padres were done that that game. So those are the Cardinals that won, not one, that hit 200-plus hits in a season during my lifetime, and the season high for Cardinal is 250 by Rogers Hornsby. So bottom left-hand square, We've got the Blue Jays and All-Star. We went Dave Steeb here. Dave Steeb had the second most wins in the 80s behind Jack Morris. But we need to do a episode on Steeb because he quite possibly was the best pitcher in the 80s, um, despite the number of wins that Morris had. I mean, Morris is, was solid and nothing to take away from him, but he has now since been put into the Hall of Fame. But Dave Steeb very well may have been the best pitcher in the majors during the 80s. And he was pitching, of course, in Toronto. So not a whole lot of people were watching him play. And Toronto wouldn't get much kind of, you know, big time news until they won the World Series in uh, back to back years in the 90s. So Dave Steeb here with 5%. Then with 200 plus hits in a season and all star. We just went easy mode here. We didn't want to really think too hard, but we went Pete Rose with 11%. At some point, we have to feature Pete Rose. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff done on him, and I don't know if we're going to do much that's going to be different. And that's something that we need to take a look at so that we can give you a little bit of a different angle or maybe some new information or information that you forgot about. But we'll, we'll talk about Rose here in one of these games. But so that far right-hand square, let's get back to it. We have a lot of notes, and we're going to just be coming at you pretty hard. Rookie of the year and all-star, hard mode, 51 players qualifying. And we went with Cantrell, Jose Canseco, 0.4%. He absolutely did it in 1986. So here we go. We got the list. A little David Letterman getting the list all ready to go. And the way the list came out, this is kind of like alphabetical, not by year. And this is the way that it was set up in baseball reference when I looked it up. So putting it in order by year was a little bit more work than I wanted. 
but uh, here's here we go. We're going to jump in and, and we're going to do our best. 51 players that were both rookie of the year and an all-star in that same season. Jose Abreu, 2014 with the White Sox. He would play 10 years. He's still in the league. He's currently an Astro. He would have 80 runs, 36 home runs, and 107 RBI. He would bat 317 with a 383 on base percentage, and he would lead the league in slugging at 581 and OPS plus with 173. Jose Abreu, ladies and gentlemen. Tommy Agee did it in 1966 with the White Sox. He spent 12 years mostly with uh, White Sox and the Mets. He would go 98 runs, 22 home runs, 86 RBI, 44 stolen bases, bat 273. 326 on base and a 447 slugging. Bobby Allison, 13 seasons, all with the Minnesota Twins, did so in 1959. He would bat, uh, excuse me, he would have 83 runs, lead the league in triples with nine, 30 home runs, and 85 RBI with a slash of 261, 333, and 482. Sandy Alomar, this would be the catcher, 1990 with the Clevelands. He would spend 20 years in the league. I didn't realize he had spent so much time. Now, much of that at the very end, of course, was as a backup catcher. But, um, you know, kind of pedestrian number, 60 runs, 9 home runs, 66 RBI, and a slash of 290, 326, 418. But he did win a gold glove. So he is a player that won Rookie of the Year, All-Star, and a gold glove in the same season. So we don't really have that many of those. We're gonna, we've got a handful more to go on for you. The aforementioned Pete Alonzo in 2019. So he's at five plus years. He's still with the Mets. He had 103 runs, 53 home runs led the league, 120 RBI, and a slash of 260, 358, and 583. Then Andrew Bailey, the pitcher, he was the closer. He only did, he did this in 2009. He was only in the league eight years. Started off with Oakland, would finish off, I believe, with the Angels. And if I'm correct, he is the current Giants pitching coach. I believe he is. I believe it's the same Andrew Blake Bailey. He would finish 6-3 and three with a 184 ERA. He would have 26 saves. He would strike out 91 in 83.1 innings pitch, but he had an 876 whip. So pretty outstanding as a closer. So I'm not sure why he only played eight years. I don't remember if he had arm trouble or what the situation was there. But, I mean, he was solid all the way up until his final season in the, in the league. Coding Bellinger did it in 2017. He's got seven years and counting. Most started with the Dodgers. He's currently with the Cubs. But he went 87 runs, 39 home runs, 97 RBI, with a slash of 267, 352, and 581. Johnny Bench in 1968, 17 years with the Reds. His first season was actually kind of pedestrian for him, but uh, he went 67 runs, 15 home runs, 82 RBI, batted two, I believe I have this right, two. 
275. It looks like a 245. You know, it's handwriting. 275 with a 311 on base average and a 433 slugging, but he won a gold glove. So Bench is your second All-Star Rookie of the Year gold glove. Chris Bryant, 2015, nine years and counting, mostly with the Cubs, but uh, he is still in the league. He had 84 runs, 26 home runs, 99 RBI with a 275, 369, and 488 slash. We have the aforementioned Cantrell in 86, 17 years. He was in the league for 17 years. Mostly with Oakland, began with the A's. I didn't realize, you know, that he hung around that long. It seemed like at the very end, you know, he broke down quite a bit. But I mean, you know, he was on Boston, he was on Texas, he was on Tampa Bay. He moved around quite a bit, Toronto. But Cantrell had 85 runs, 33 home runs, 117 RBI, and he had a slash of 240, 318, and 457. In 1967, you had Rod Carew. Now, Rod Carew, we featured him on a show just recently. Rod Carew, this he made he was a rookie of the year, made the all-star team, and he would make the all-star team 18 years in a row. 18 straight. So 1967, Carew with a slash of 66, eight home runs, 51 RBI. He bats 292 with a 341 on-base percentage and a 409 sluggy. That 292 batting average was his third lowest batting average of his career. So his rookie year and his last two seasons, and then that's it. He has a, he has over a three, I think he has a 313 career batting average. And it might even be higher than that. I might have that wrong. But uh, Rod Carew just, dude, the dude could hit. Dude could just flat out rake. Alvin Davis. Seattle Mariner, we brought him up just the other day. So he won Rookie of the Year in 84. He only spent nine years in the league. And each of his years were pretty solid. I mean, not, you know, out of this world, but solid. I mean, his rookie year, he had 80 runs, 27 home runs, 116 RBI with a slash of 284, 391, and 497. His career batting average is 280. But only nine years. You have Walt Drop. Quite frankly, I didn't even know who this guy was. He did this. He played 13 years in the league, 1950. He wins Rookie of the Year. His rookie season, he goes 101 runs, 34 home runs, leads the league with 144 RBI. That's the highest as a Rookie of the Year of those that were also an All-Star. And his slash was 322, 378. 583, and he led the league in total bases with 326. You have Neftali Perthelis. He's, you know, he only played 10 years in the league. He's already out of the, but he, 2010, won Rookie of the Year, was an all-star, but he's already out of the league. He did that with Texas. Um, he went to the World Series against the Giants. Giants, of course, won four games to one. But that year, he finished four and three. Had a 273 ERA, had 40 saves. He struck out 71 in 69.1 innings pitch and had an 8.80 whip. So very solid his his rookie year, but um, not much after that. 
Jose Fernandez, of course, for the Florida Marlins in 2013, rest in power, Jose Fernandez. He was 12 and 6 with a 2.19 ERA, struck out 187 in 172.2 innings pitched, and he had a 9.79 WHIP. Only four seasons in the league before he was in the boating accident and passed. The Bird, Mark Fidrich, he won Rookie of the Year and was an All Star in '76 as the Tiger. He only was in the league for five years, five seasons. He was 19 and nine, had a 2.34 ERA. 24 complete games. He only struck out 97 in 250 innings pitched. And he had a 1.079 whip. He would also finish Cy Young 2 that year. Carlton Fisk, catcher, 1972. He would spend 24 years in the league, almost split between Boston. So he started out as a Red Sox, and he would finish as a White Sox. But... Um, we talked about him just the other day. We were going through the catchers with the most games played, and Fisk was the leader in games played at catcher until he was recently surpassed by Pudge Rodriguez. But uh, Fisk had 74 runs, nine home runs, excuse me, nine triples. Led the league in triples with nine. Carlton Fisk. 22 home runs and 61 RBI. He batted 293, 370, and 538. And here's another gold glove. So here's your third gold glove winner, All-Star Rookie of the Year gold glove. Nomar in 97, he played 14 years in the league, mostly with Boston. He would lead the league in hits with 209, have 122 runs, led the league in triples with 11 30 home runs, 98 RBI, and a slash of 306, 342, and 534. Nomar's that guy that was hurt a lot. And he's one of those players of the what if, if he could stay healthy. You know, Jeter is very much, you know, lauded as one of the great all-time shortstops. Nomar, of course, was a contemporary along with uh, Alex Rodriguez. But, uh, you know, if Nomar was able to stay healthy, what would have been? Doc Gooden, so he did it in 1984, 16 years in the league, of course, mostly with the Mets. That season, he went 17-9, and nine, had a 260 ERA, Led the league in strikeouts with 276, and he did that in only 218 innings pitched, and he had a whip of 1.073. Doc Gooden, that 84, 85, and 86, I mean, those three seasons, he's otherworldly. Kind of like those handful of seasons for, you know, the freak Tim Lincecum. I mean, just that flash, that supernova of talent and seasons. You've got Ron Hansen in 1969. He spent 15 years with Baltimore and the White Sox predominantly. He would have 72 runs, 22 home runs, 86 RBI, and a slash of 255, 342, and 440. Then you have, of course, Bryce Harper in 2012. Washington Nationals. He's got 12 years and counting, currently a Philly. 
He had 98 runs, 22 home runs, 59 RBI, and a slash of 270, 340, and 477. The aforementioned Aaron Judge, 2017, he's got eight years in counting. He led the league in runs with 128, home runs with 52, had 114 RBI, led the league with 127 base on balls, and he would go 284, 422 and 627 for his slash. Craig Kimbrell in 2011. He's got 14 years in counting. He started off as Atlanta. He's currently a Philly. He went four and three with a 210 ERA, 46 saves, and had 127 Ks in only 77 innings. That's pretty crazy. Then Ron Kittle. For those that don't remember Ron Kittle, this is 1983 Chicago White Sox. He spent 10 years in the league. His rookie year, he never, I mean, that's his best season by far, and he never really got close to it again. He had 75 runs, 35 home runs, 100 RBI, and a slash of 254, 314, and 504. Harvey Keen, he did it in 1953. 15 years in the league, eight of those with Detroit. He led the league in hits with 209. He had nine home runs. He had, now excuse me, 94 runs, two home runs, 48 RBI. He would have a slash of 308, 356, and 386. Now, he only has an OPS plus of 108 for his career. But more than half his seasons, he had an OPS well below 100. So for half of his career, he was above average. And for the other half of his career, he was below average as a hitter in the league. So kind of a polarizing uh, you know, player from a season's perspective. And we highlight Bartolo Colon just, I think it was yesterday, Bartolo Colon and trying to figure out what was Bartolo Colon. Was he... Average, above average, is he a Hall of Famer? Maybe. Is he? And we kind of concluded that he's 6% better than most. And his ERA plus is what he is. But listen to that show. It's a, we go through each of his seasons and try to dissect exactly who was Bartolo Colon. We've got Longo, Evan Longoria did it in 2008, 16 years and counting started off with the Tampa Bay Rays he had 67 uh, runs 27 home runs 85 RBI and a slash of 272 343 and 531 and then of course Freddie Lynn we've talked a lot about Freddie Lynn and gone through his career arc but in 75 of course he won rookie of the year and MVP and a gold glove and was an all-star. So he and Ichiro, which we're going to bring up here in a moment, are the only ones to do exactly that feat. But he spent 17 years in the league. That season, he had led the league in runs with 103, led the league in doubles with 47, had 21 home runs, 105 RBI, and he batted 333, 401, 566 slugging, which he led the league in slugging. We're getting there. We're about halfway through. We got a lot in here for you. 
So, Marky Post, Mark McGuire, 1987, 16 years in the league, 97 home run, or excuse me, 97 runs, 49 home runs, which until Judge was the single most home runs for a rookie, 118 RBI with a slash of 289, 370, and led the league with 618 slugging. 1949, Don Newcomb, he would spend 12 years in the league. Also with the Dodgers, he would go 17 and 8 with a 317 ERA. Hideo Nomo. So he did it in 95. He spent 12 years mostly with the Dodgers. That year he was 13 and 6. He had a 254 ERA. He led the league in strikeouts with 236 and only 191.1 innings. And he would have a whip of 1-0. Five six, Hideo Nomo, kind of one of those guys that maybe you forget about a little bit. Um, he was also very much a flash. It seemed like he was great for a few seasons, and then after that, uh, kind of seemed like he fell apart. Tony Oliva, nineteen sixty four, sent all fifteen years with the with the Twins. He led the league in runs with one hundred nine, hits with two hundred seventeen, doubles with forty three. Had 32 home runs, 94 runs, and a sla- uh, bat- led the league in batting at 323. Led the league with a 359 on base average and a 557 slugging. That was uh, Tony Oliva, that 64 season, you know, and the fact that he was playing with the Twins, like he was kind of playing in no man's land at that point. And he would subsequently be voted into the Hall of Fame. Tony Oliva, sneaky good, I think. 1993, Piazza did it, 16 years in the league. You know, he eventually, he actually played one more season with the Mets than the Dodgers. Seven season with the Dodgers, eight with the Mets. His rookie year, 81 runs, 35 home runs, 112 RBI with a slash of 318, 370, and 561. Albert Pujols. Here's kind of something crazy. So we did it in 2001, Rookie of the Year, and an All-Star. 22 seasons. 12 seasons with the Cardinals. He spent 10 years with the Angels. You know, and his seasons with the Angels. I mean, it's like he had two separate careers. And again, who else was that guy in my mind? Kind of like, uh, and what did we, yeah, we talked about him, yeah. No, we haven't got there. We're going to talk about him here in a little. I don't want to give it up. But Pujols was one of those guys where all of a sudden, that second or third season with the Angels, it looked like he was 10 years older than he was. We've mentioned this before. Just totally different. Just totally different player. Aged crazy. In 1982, Cal Ripken, of course, 21 years with Baltimore. 90 runs, 28 home runs, 93 RBI with a 264, 317, and 475 slash. 1956, Frank Robinson, he spent 21 years in the league, 10, of course, with the Reds. He led the league in runs with 122, had 38 home runs, 83 RBI with a 290, 379, and 558 slash. Then you have Mr. Julio Rodriguez. He just broke the record for most hits, I believe, in a three-game 
in a weekend series, something like that. But in 2020, All-Star and Rookie of the Year, he had 84 runs, 28 home runs, 75 RBI, 25 stolen bases, and a 284, 345, and 509 clip. Then you have Spaceman Chris Sabo. Sabo, this is 1988. He only spent nine years in the league. And this is maybe possibly one of the downsides of Rookie of the Year, where Rookie of the Year, you're being compared with a smaller sample of people, and sometimes some of those years are, eh. I mean, 74 runs, 11 home runs, 44 RBI. 271, 314, 414, slash. And that's kind of who Sable was his whole career, which was only nine seasons. But you're getting compared across a much smaller sample size to the opportunity to win Rookie of the Year and not necessarily be as standout as some other years. So you look at some of those Rookie of the Year years and they're, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of down. And, uh, you know, less exciting for us as the fans. Jack Sanford in 57 would win Rookie of the Year and be an all-star. He did it as a Philly, but seven of his 12 seasons he spent as a Giant. He went 19-8 and eight with a 308 ERA. He had led the league in strikeouts with 188. And uh, he led the league in hits per nine with 7.4. But he would, and he would, have 236.2 innings pitched. 1982, Steve Sachs. Here's the funny. Steve Sachs spent 14 years in the league. Won two World Series, 81 and 88. That year, he was uh, 88 runs, four home runs, 72, excuse me, 47 RBI, and 49 stolen bases with a 282, 335, and 359 slugging steve Sachs's career ops plus is below 90. so i think it's something like 85 or 86. so he's effectively 15 percent worse than the average hitter in the league he spent 14 years and going back i'm just wondering how how did that, you know, does Steve Sachs make it in the league, especially since he was such a liability defensively? Does Steve Sachs, you know, make it that far today? I think I think the answer is no. And, you know, me, I got that total Schradenfreude for the Dodgers. So anytime I can get a dig in on Dodgers, you know, I'm going to do it. And, you know, it's funny, Steve Sachs actually was from Sacramento. So he was kind of a big deal. So growing up in Sac, you know. Steve Sachs was a big deal, but he was a Dodger, so, you know, son of Don Grata here. 1961, Don Schwal, seven years in the league, um, but he did it with Boston, but four of his seven seasons, he actually was with the Pirates. He went 15-7 and seven with a 322 ERA. Herb Score, 1955. Now, he was a young guy, and I believe his deal was arm problems. He only spent eight years in the league with the Clevelands. He went 16 and 10 with a 285 ERA, but he struck out 245 guys in 227 innings. And this is in, you know, 1955, where guys that were throwing gas and guys that were throwing, you know, striking out a lot of dudes was kind of rare. There weren't as many 
as kind of you have today. Also, the game was different, right? A lot of guys are swinging from the, you know, the hips and just trying to knock everything out. Whereas back then, you know, a lot of guys were, were trying to hit for contact. So the fact that he has that many strikeouts and that many innings, that few of innings, was pretty, incre- pretty incredible. But uh, I believe he did have, he was a left-hander. I believe he did have some serious arm problems. That's why his career was so short. 2016, you had Corey Seager. So he's got nine years and counting. Of course, this was when he was a Dodger. So he actually um, went 105 runs, 26 home runs, 72 RBI, and a slash of 308. 365, 512. 1967, Tom Seaver. So, of course, he's 20 years in the league, mostly as a Met. He went 16 and 13 with a 276 ERA, and he had 170K in 251.1 innings pitch. This was actually one of his worst seasons as far as strikeouts to innings pitch was his rookie year. And then beginning his second year, you know, that's when things really started to uh, click clearly from a strikeout perspective for Seaver. 2008, here's a name that's going to blow your mind, Giovanni Soto with the Cubs. He actually spent 13 years in the league. So he's not in the league now. And this is one of those, you know, maybe you could say down years. I don't know. It's okay for rookie of the year. 66 runs, 23 home runs, 86 RBI, 285, 364, 504 slash. But Giovanni Soto, it's just like he came and went. Rookie of the year, and then then what happened? And then here's the man, 2001, E.H. 19 years, led the league in hits, 242. Eight home runs, 69 RBI, had 56 stolen bases, led the league, led the league with a 350 average, 381 on base, 457 slugging. And oh, by the way, all-star, gold glove, and MVP. So you have Ichiro and Freddie Lynn. End of list. That's all you got for those guys. So now let's just quadruple check. I think we're coming close. Remember, we told you we had 51 qualified here, but there was actually 130 some odd that you could use. Yep. So we are down to the last few. Each row, turn the page over. Here we go. Last set. 1962, Tom Tresh. He spent nine years with the Yankee. 94 runs, 20 home runs, 93 RBI, a 286, 359, and 441 slash. 2012, Mr. Mike Trout, he's at 13 years and counting. He led the league in runs with 129, had 30 homers, 83 RBI, led the league in stolen bases with 49, and had a 326, 399, 564 slash. And then 1981. Strike shortened season. He spent 17 years in the league. I believe he's the only rookie of the year that won Cy Young. Fernando. He goes 13 and 7, had a 248 ERA, struck out 180 batters and 192.1 innings pitched. Fernando was t- allegedly 
20 years old in 1981. In his final season, I thought he was 50. I mean, he looked worn out. His last season, actually, he spent like five games as a Cardinal. And he was throwing lollipops. And he looked, again, quite a bit older than what he really was. So was he, is he, was he really 20 as a rookie? I, it might, he might have been 30. I'm not joking. He might have been 30 years old as a rookie. He just was tired. And if you actually go back and look at before the Cardinals, he was a Padre. I think he went back to the Mexican League for a little bit, and he came back to the majors. He was on the Padres. I remember watching him against, I think it was, he might have been playing the Giants. But, man, his stuff was, he's just throwing junk and nothing, nothing's got any, any zip on it. And I'm not joking, he looked 50. And he wasn't even 40 years old. I mean, he looks older than I do now. And that's crazy. So we got two more for you. 1999, Scott Williamson. He was a, you know, kind of super reliever. Spent nine years in the league, mostly with Cincinnati. I, I don't know why his career was so short. I mean, his numbers were were decent. But that year he was 12 and 7, had a 241 ERA. He would have 19 additional 19 saves, and he would have a 107K and 93.1 innings pitch. So really solid rookie year, and he was solid during his career, but his career was short. And then uh, 2003, Dontrell Willis, you know, he just, his control went, his, you know, everything went. It wasn't that he was hurt, I don't think, but he only spent nine years, but those nine years, those first couple three were electric with the Marlins. He went 14 and six, had a 330 ERA, struck out 142 and 160.2 innings pitched. And that is your list, ladies and gentlemen, 51 players that were both a rookie of the year and an all-star. We only had a handful of players that were rookie of the year, all-star and gold glove. And we had two that were rookie of the year, all-star, gold glove, and MVP. And we had one that was an all-star and the Cy Young. This is Extra Time. This is Immaculate Grid. It is the bonus show for Generations, talking about my sports generations. This is Grid 146 for Saturday the 26th. This show drops every evening at 9 p.m. Pacific. And then, of course, the big show every Saturday at noon. So we had the Saturday show drop today. It's on instant replay. It is pretty good, in my opinion. We go through in depth both the football and baseball instant replay and just how it has impacted how the game, how we consume the game today, especially in our perception and where we think it kind of can go or needs to go or should go and where we find enjoyment across the different generations. Of course, Steve is the resident Boomer, I am the resident Xer. So listen to that show. We are now, of course, we've talked about this on the Amazon and the Apple. So you can find us there. Like and subscribe. See you tomorrow. Cheers.